What's up, everyone? Happy Saturday to you. Welcome to BitCast episode 104. It's going to be a hell of a fun one today. We've got, again, our gameplay connoisseur, Dan, the Rally Rodriguez, is here to talk all about what gameplay is. We've got Luke coming back again, second time on the BitCast, and Sipid Ghost back with us. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for having me, man. And Archimedes, a friend of the show, joining us for the second time as well, all the way from Germany, as we like to say. So thanks for joining us again as well. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Looking yeah. forward to it. Lots of great topics. So let's do this. Yeah, let's jump in. So before we get started, you know, you guys, I think everyone uh, our community knows you guys, so that's good. Um, so before we get to Inside Xbox and start talking about all those Xbox games uh, individually here, Dan, I know you've got uh, something unique on today in terms of a shirt. We always have to do the Dan shirt check-in. Uh, yeah. What's going on? So, okay, so chat, real quick, $10 gift card, whatever platform you want, if you can identify this shirt, not including the people on this podcast, obviously, <laughs> even though I didn't tell them. There it is. There you go. Now, keep you know keep watching, because there's little hints around the other parts of the shirt that I might move and get into the camera. <laughs> You know, pay attention. You got until the end of the podcast, basically. Right. We, we've, we've got some time, and we got to wait for more people to get on anyway. So we'll we'll have to reannounce. Uh, we'll yeah. have to reannounce it as more people join. So, sure. All right. So inside Xbox this week, the first kind of uh, smallish event uh, to look at next generation games, Series X in particular. And uh, as all of us know, and I'm sure all of chat knows, there's been a lot of chatter around, um, you know, the quality of this show. Uh, and my camera just unplugged again randomly. So that's awesome. But I'm going to keep talking <laughs> and I'll fix that in a second. So, um, yeah, I know, uh, you know, some people really liked it. Some people hated it. Some people were in between and a little more realistic. So I wanted to talk with you guys around what your uh, thoughts were on the show, reflecting on it for a couple days now. I know for me, I went back and funny enough, if you go back and watch the YouTube version of it now in 4K60, the game trailers are a lot more impressive than the, when they first streamed them, uh, which was kind of funny. So the quality didn't seem, you know, as up to par on the live stream as it is now. But so uh, we'll start in the upper right corner here. So Archimedes, what were your thoughts? And I know you did a video on YouTube. I always recommend people to check out your channel. Um, but what are your kind of overall thoughts on the show before we get to individual games? Yeah, well, um, I'm still a little torn because the show actually was good. I really enjoyed it. They had a lot of great games they showed. The pacing was great. It, I can't remember a such well-paced inside Xbox episode. Yeah, I love the format that they had the trailers in the beginning and then the interview stuff at the end. This is, was all good. My problem was with the messaging up front. I was expecting something different. They advertised this whole thing as the big gameplay reveal for the Xbox Series X. And besides that, the trailers didn't show or not all, but, but most of them didn't show real gameplay, but were more the, more like montages or something. Um, it, it, it was, I was missing this big blowout uh, moment where you see, oh, that game is next gen. Yeah. And you know what you say about first impressions? You only get one. Yeah. <laughs> if, you show, <laughs> uh, if you show your 
next-gen console off for the very first time, the very first game you have to show needs to make people drop their jaws to the ground. It, it needs to be mind-blowing, huh? and they missed that opportunity. Fair enough, fair enough. And I think uh, I don't think that's a unique opinion. I think uh, many people I've seen have kind of felt that way. You're excited about the games, but the messaging and delivery were, were a little poor. Luke, what about you, man? Uh, after marinating on it, I, I stand by my thought process that it was it was uh, good, not great. It, it wasn't. Uh, I think it missed the mark on a few things, but it by no means was it bad. They clearly understood uh, some of the, the logistical errors they made a, a month and a half or so ago in their inside Xbox from home, and used that to inform a lot of what they did as far as the technical side and putting this one out. So I was very pleased to see it was that much more improved. Uh, and I thought the games that we saw uh, looked good. To Archimedes' uh, well-made point, it, it didn't really showcase how much better the Xbox Series X would be. And part of that is due to compression limitations. Uh, and I think if you go back and look at VODs, uh, you can, on a better monitor, on whatever you have and, and whatever can be utilized at your home to see that, you'll be impressed. However, their messaging of that failed them. They should have said, we're showing you this live, uh, or we're showing you this here in, on stream. You can go back and look at VODs on this presentation mode uh, for a better look at what we're offering. But they didn't do that. And so I think, I, I looked at a lot of those games and I thought, I can play that on my Xbox One. You know, I thought that. It may not be true, and I think some of the AI stuff might factor in there, but if I'm thinking that on their first impression, we got an error there. I think it was just a messaging drop. Gameplay was a muddled message. Initial impressions there are for as far as presentation didn't look next gen, uh, but it was it was succinct. It was uh, clear in what games were being available, and uh, a lot of the games were new as far as exclusivity and some of the other stuff. There, there's a muddle message there. So you know, a mixed message. I gave it a C overall. Uh, if you were give it a grading scale, um, so take that for how you will. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, pretty similar opinion, I think, with Archimedes. So, gameplay connoisseur. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, here's the deal, man. First of all, <laughs> I'm going to wet blank this whole conversation. Or oh, boy. Here, oh, boy. The, let, me, let me just get this out there before we go any farther. I don't know if it was Phil or Sadia and Adal, whatever. Send these dudes a camera and a decent microphone. My gosh. They work for the <laughs> biggest, one of the biggest tech companies in the world. The guys can't even... You know, I mean, you're not even getting a decent picture half the time with these. That was Aaron Greenberg, right? Oh my God! It was yeah, so it was Aaron. Yeah, he's yeah. a VP. But he has a fridge that looked cool, and that was <laughs> dope. I like that fridge. A better no, I, I would buy that fridge. Yeah, I'd have well, one. Yeah, of those. well, for sure we all would. But my God, just you know, that's that's number one. I mean, just come out and you know, bam. No, we get we get a we get a basically a laptop camera that you know built into whatever <laughs> surface they were using, but you know, short of that, I'm kind of with you guys. I think that their messaging was not quite clear. Um, I think that nothing I saw there or any anything I saw really didn't scream Xbox Series X to me one time. Uh, aside from maybe that first game, that bright uh, memory, bright bright memory, yeah, yeah. Um, which is super impressive anyway, being it's supposedly one dude. But short of that, man, I was I was just watching it like, okay, well, where's the, you know, like Archimedes said, where, where's that jaw-dropping moment where you're going to go, oh, wow, this is it. This has been kind of a constant thing with marketing 
for Xbox, it seems like. Like, you know, you, you're, you're riding this train. You've got all this great messaging about the Series X. You, you're getting people excited. You're doing all this stuff. And then you build a brick wall right in front of you and run into it. <laughs> you don't understand why that happens all the time. You know, you, you're, you're jumping the gun. You're ahead of everybody else as far as messaging, marketing, everything. You know, you haven't even heard anything really about the PS5 aside for some specs and a weird sterny interview. So you, you've got the opportunity. It's right there in your hands, you know, in targeting this point, you've got to, you know, that first impression has got to be awesome. And it was absolutely not. So, All right. you know, it's, it's crazy to me that you know, <laughs> they've got the, they've got the power to do it. They, 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 they could have showed off, you know, something a lot more and, you know, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of the compression part of it. Um, but really, you know, none of them, scream next gen unfortunately for me anyway no i don't think you're alone in that i think my thoughts kind of align with all you guys um i'm a, i'm always a little more positive i think i'm not gonna hashtag wet blanket it but um i think uh i'm excited to see the games you know we saw 13 games uh i'm always excited for new games whatever they are uh to your point though it's not like i felt like uh, i need a series x to play these games you know i think any of these things could run most of them uh, could run at that uh, fidelity on Xbox One X. I know there's a couple things we'll talk about otherwise, but yeah, I guess for your first impression of actual gameplay for next gen, I'm in the same boat as you guys. Um, sounds like most people did too. So what's up, chat? Good to see you, Indie Gamer. Diego, of course. Carl, what's going on, guys? All right, so why don't we go game by game here and just see um, what you guys thought of these individual titles because uh, there's some here that I'm actually really, really excited for regardless of the whole Series X and presentation aspect. There's actually games here that I'm really excited for. So um, I don't know if it's really worth, I guess we can touch on it. We'll start with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, even though it was at the end. It's obviously the one kind of AAA game that was part of the show. Um, of course, you know, the big debacle is gameplay, right? They, Ubisoft was uh, teasing that we were going to see gameplay, and what we got was essentially just an in-engine um, trailer. It wasn't anyone actually playing the game. Now, that said, uh, I think it looks fantastic. I loved uh, seeing some aspects of England in the video and just knowing uh, what we're going to see from an environmental standpoint and some of the uh, some of the Viking stuff there. So... What do you guys, are you still as pumped? And uh, we didn't talk with Archimedes and Luke last week about uh, Assassin's Creed, obviously. So what are your guys' thoughts on this game? Big Assassin's Creed fans, are you into this? You excited for Valhalla? Uh, Luke, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Valhalla. I really enjoyed Origins and I really enjoyed Odyssey. I played the mess out of Origins. I got through, a, a, you know, probably 20 plus hours of Odyssey and that barely scratches the surface of the game. And that's actually what I was most excited about for Valhalla. While not specifically in the Inside Xbox uh, presentation, we did find out that the overall structure of Valhalla will be similar, but a bit scaled down in terms of things to do. Uh, because a lot of the feedback on Odyssey and my own personal feedback as well was that there's it's overwhelming and it's a bit intimidating. And I was intimidated when I saw Valhalla being announced initially because I love their new approach to Assassin's Creed gameplay. But it's it's a scary endeavor to say, okay, it would take me 300 hours to do everything. <laughs> right. Um, and that's a different type of game to, to, to tackle for what Assassin's Creed might be, which is somewhere in between action game and RPG. It's a, it's a comfortable mix of the two. And so I'm, I'm stoked. I think it looks really good. Uh, mind you, the gameplay we saw did, did not feel like gameplay, so I don't know how it looks when playing the game, but the, all the stuff 
uh, leading up to it with Origins and Odyssey, plus what we're seeing in this coverage now, suggests that it's going to look beautiful. I love the fact that it's smart delivery. I think it's good to get that uh, clearly stated out of the way. I think EA could take a, a note on that one. Um, <laughs> and I, I love the way they're they're discussing and marketing it. I think they're doing a great job with it. This will be, much like Black Flag was, this will be the showcase game for next gen if you're not into Halo Infinite or presumably Horizon Zero Dawn 2 on the PS5 side or whatever. This will be the, the flagship third-party game to showcase next-gen power. Yeah, and Odyssey does that on the Xbox One X, right? Um, the only thing it's short of is maybe Red Dead 2, uh, but it's a stunning game. And, um, yeah, I can't imagine Series X. What I'm really waiting to hear personally is they've already confirmed it's going to be native 4K on Series X. I just want to hear 60 frames. I really hope it's a lock 60. Which Greenberg tweeted out during the presentation or just prior to it that that is the basic structure of Series X is there they are aiming for that and I know Archimedes is more technically inclined but that was their their aim for everything with Series X yeah uh, and they it's built to handle up to 120 and I'll let I'll let yeah. somebody else more technical talk about that yep yep so Archimedes I know yeah. um, I know you're excited for I think we talked about this on Twitter excited for Valhalla yeah. but what do you think of what you saw on uh, Thursday. Well, I liked what I saw. It was just, <laughs> it was something different that they promised to show. And I don't know if anyone saw the tweet from um, Ashraf Ismail, the creative director of the Assassin's Creed mm -hmm. Valhalla game. Right afterwards, he, he tweeted out um, that, that he understands that fans were disappointed um, and they promised to do better next time. So, um, <laughs> or okay. something like that. Uh, um, uh, was was surprising to me because if they knew, okay, this wasn't actual gameplay, um, why why advertise it upfront like that? Yeah, they could have just said we get a, a second look on the game uh, during the show and everything would have been good. But from what we've seen, it looks fantastic. I like it as well that they go a little bit back in scope. It will still be a huge game. Um, yeah, it took me I don't know 150 hours to beat the first uh, to beat Odyssey. Um, and probably another 50 hours for the DLCs. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, going back to, well, 100 hours or something of gameplay, uh, it will still be a fantastic game. And I love love the uh, Nordic mythology. I couldn't be yeah. more excited about the setting. It is a perfect, perfect setting. And I know a lot of people said, uh, well, with Origins and especially with Odyssey, it's the Assassin's Creed uh, series went more towards the action RPG um, genre, and it's not an Assassin's Creed game anymore. Um, well, that's true, um, but I really love what they made out of the franchise. They evolved it in a very good way. I thought Odyssey was fantastic, otherwise I wouldn't have put <laughs> so many hours into it. <laughs> so obviously, I, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, uh, exact same boat on the ARPG comment or the RPG comment is uh, yeah. I, I definitely am more into Origins and Odyssey than I were prior Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. Dan, I think you like the and old school I Assassin's Creed. You like both, right? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead yeah. uh, pardon me. I, I just wanted to add one thing about the 60 frames per second. Yeah. Um, I've seen that a lot recently on Twitter. People dis still discussing... Um, Oh, can the Xbox Series X do 4K and 60 frames per second? <laughs> I I just want to put it this way: we have in most games today with a six teraflop GPU and and very outdated Jaguar CPU. Yeah, we have 
4K 30 frames per second as mm -hmm. more or less a standard. Sometimes it's 10, uh, it's 1800p and then upscaled. But anyway, we have 30 frames stable on 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 this One uh, X today, and we have such a significant improvement in in computational power. The CPU alone is rated at least four times more powerful than the one we have today. And the GPU with its 12 teraflops and the significantly improved architecture yeah, is so much more capable um, that 4K60 is a no-brainer. The question will be, will they hit 120 frames and 4K? Yeah, this is, is the real question. 4K60, every, every developer who won't achieve 4K60 didn't just, uh, did not put enough um, optimization in there. This should be really a standard thing. Yeah, and it does come at the end of the day. It does come down to the developer. I, Xbox has been very clear that they don't mandate um, anything, but obviously with yeah. the power, like you said, the horsepower, there's target goals there that you would hope they hit. So, real quick, what's up, Matt? What's up, Mario? Good to see you guys, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for Assassin's Creed, regardless of what they showed. Um, as far as the 60 frames go, yeah, it's going to be up to the as far as third party anyway. You know, they might be targeting that for their first party games and. You know, I'm pretty sure it could do it. My question, I mean, I, like, I'm like, i not a tech guy either. So I know games probably struggle even on high-end PCs to do, you know, ray tracing 4K 60 FPS. If you're, if you're adding in all this stuff, you know, I don't know if we saw a whole lot of ray tracing in the, in the actual demos, maybe a little there were, bit. There were two, I think, two games we'll talk about. Yeah. Three. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, you have to make sacrifices somewhere eventually. And it's, it's you're just going to have to. I mean, I, I if, if if there's, you know, and I, I'd much rather have 60 frames, 100% than anything else. You know, I, I like that smoother gameplay. Or um, or give us the, you know, the performance mode option, even if you have right. to. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, we hope yeah. everything's 4K 60, but at least give us the option. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, it, it's... But as far as the game goes, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not any more excited, you know, based on what I saw. But I'm, um, you know, still super excited for Assassin's Creed. I've loved it. You know, I played most of them, except for I think the smaller ones, <clears throat> like I can't remember Revolution or whatever the heck they were. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this one, this is the one that I was looking forward to the most during the game, and I probably was disappointed the most by it at the same time. So yeah, the I presentation. I think a lot of people were hoping, like our committee said, we're hoping for the actual, like someone playing the game, you know, seeing some of it in real time. So anyway, uh, what's up, Fastback? Welcome, man. Thanks on the shirt. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is the XO19 shirt I picked up when that show happened. So pretty cool. All right, let's go through some of these other games then. So here's one uh, I'm super excited about is The Medium. It's a psychological horror game from Bloober Team. So if you remember Bloober Team, they did Blair Witch, they did Observer, they did Layers of Fear. They're very good at psychological horror with each game having kind of a theme behind it. Um, what's really interesting here is they're working with Silent Hill 2 composer, and I'm going to mess up his name, of course, but it's Akira Yamoka, I believe that is. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But he is uh, very famous in terms of uh, composing horror soundtracks for some of the best horror games of all time. And according to what I can find online, this is uh, coming to Game Pass and is a timed exclusive. So, uh, Dan, I know that, uh, you know, this isn't up your alley, as we always say, with these horror games. Yeah. But um, 
what do you guys think in terms of uh, in terms of what you saw here? This is personally, this was one of my favorite trailers from the show. No, 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 no. yeah, this is gonna be a hard pass. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get through it. I mean, if it's on Game Pass, I, I you know, I, I, I might try it, and you know, but you know, I got to like the gate in Resident Evil Seven, so I mean, that tells you. About yeah, the gate looked looked at the yeah, house, look, turned back yeah, around, like yeah, she's not worth it. Not worth achievement for that. I saw the crows fly out of the gate, and I was like, well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's my limit right there. But yeah, uh, like, I mean, she's it, already it, been gone for a couple of years. I'm just yeah. gonna, I'll meet a new girl. No yeah, big this deal. The one with the with the pregnant lady in the beginning, right? This is. It was really weird at first, and I was like, okay, this kind of looks cool. And then it was like, yeah, this is going to be way out of my league as far as being able to handle it and not being a giant puss. So, <laughs> hey, Dan, um, um, so Lucky Paul in the chat, I believe, has guessed your shirt. Let's take yes. a look. Damn, that was fast. It was fast. He did That's He did some, some fast Googling, man. He was over there like Bruce Almighty. I had to last night. You're like, I have no idea. I know. I didn't know what it was. Nice job, man. It, it, he is right, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, Los Angeles. Right there you go. Yeah. All right. So, Lucky Paul, reach out to uh, – we'll reach figure out, out how you're going to do that. Yeah. Reach out to Ains, and I'll, I'll get it taken care of. Reach out, to, reach out to me via DM, Lucky Paul, um, yeah, on Twitter, that. and uh, we'll get you taken care of with a $10 gift card. Let, let me know what platform you want to, or you can type it in the chat. Yeah. All right. Full, cool. Full disclosure real quick. I just bought this. Because T-Mobile gave me like thirty dollars free on their on their site, and it was like, oh, I like that color. But then it was, you know, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He bought the wrong one. Yeah, I didn't buy the London one. Hey, there's a, a light blue London Spitfire one. I'm that like, pretty cool. What? what? I don't know yeah. what you did. I don't know how you make <laughs> such a mistake. Anyway, yeah. all right, the medium guys, Luke Archimedes. I don't care who goes first here. You guys, I can't remember. We talk about horror games quite a bit on the show. Um, either of you into these Bloober Team horror kind of psychological trips? I really like Blooper Team. I'm not a huge horror game fan, but I will randomly just have the desire to play one, and that's what will lead me to them. If it's not like Resident Evil, where I know I'm getting a bit of an actiony vibe in some cases, I can I, I will be temp- tempered on it. But I thought Blair Witch was fantastic. I would never have played it if not for Game Pass. Playing it in Game Pass, I was like, goodness gracious, they did a wonderful job with this. So I am uh, exceptionally excited to see what they they bring to the table here uh it looks disturbing and <laughs> I, I a couple of their games in the presentation looked a bit uh, at the very least uncomfortable and that was what they were going for but they were oddly timed near each other they the medium to me looked like the best that this gem would offer visually and the dev went on twitter and tweeted out that they could not do what they are doing with the medium on an xbox one x they are they had it's a series x specific game which is a a bit surprising i suppose when you think about a horror game so i'm more interested even because of that factor right okay so you can't do this on current architecture why what what is it that's so special about your game that sets it apart and those are the questions that i look forward to having answered the game itself yeah i mean if it's on game pass i'm gonna play it at some point for sure yeah I mean, we'll all want to do that when we get our new systems. We're going to play everything just to try it. Yeah, We'll buy NAC 14. That's the beauty of Game Pass, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this camera is uh, driving me crazy today, guys, so I apologize. Um, yeah, they said something about basically the, uh, you know, because if you've played the Bloober games, they're fin- they're really, really good games. Great narrative, psychological things, but their, their engine's not the best. Uh, they're really kind of janky. It's a little choppy. Frame rates drop. Um, 
even on Blair Witch, which I love, by the way, uh, a fantastic game. But um, yeah, I think they said something about, you know, being able to um, use the Series X for this will kind of solve those issues. So I guess I guess we'll see. What do you think, Argami? Is you into these types of games? It depends on my mood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm not against horror games, but I have to be in a special mood to play them. Uh, uh, I, for instance, I bought Resident Evil Three, the remake. Yeah, uh, it's still waiting. I'm still waiting for the mood <laughs> to play it. Um, so it, it depends. Um, the first time I saw that trailer during the show. Um, my first impression was always oh, this something like Detroit Become Human, but then they showed it. Okay, it's a, it's a horror game. Yeah, we'll see about it. Um, I, I give it a go um, since it's in Game Pass. Um, why not try it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Diego said, "What's up with my camera? Do I work for Microsoft?" <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm working on it, guys. I'm working. I don't know what's going on. It's just literally, you, it's plugged into the same USB port I always use, and it's just randomly clicking off. So it's not going to stop the conversation, though. So, anyway, pretty cool on this one. So one that generated a lot of buzz, uh, really, for kind of the Geiger-esque um, look of it. Uh, you know, a lot of people was like, "Is this Aliens?" Uh, was Scorn. And Scorn, if you weren't aware, uh, actually had a, a slight demo they showed like last year or something, um, just like a, a preview demo. And this is a first-person horror adventure, going back to Luke's point, that you know there were kind of a few horror games shown here. This one looked uh, really creepy, uh, very unique art style, and uh, of course, right up my alley again. So uh, definitely interested in this. I don't know... Um, you know, the level of kind of uh, development team behind this. It is EBB or EB team that's developing it, but I don't know how big they are. I haven't looked up any of that stuff yet. But interesting, if nothing else, and apparently from what was said after the show, that this is a console exclusive to Xbox. Um, so pretty interesting. Uh, again, uh, you know, let, let's kind of hear the thoughts on what you thought of this trailer, because this trailer was definitely uh, unique, if nothing else. Oh, it was definitely something. Um, it uh, well, when I saw the trailer because it was absolutely no gameplay. Yeah, um, I I didn't know what what is that game. Um, today, someone uh, on Twitter tweeted at me uh, some links to YouTube, and there's actually quite a lot of footage on YouTube from an alpha build. Yeah, and they released a couple of months ago, um, and I've been watching a little bit of it. Uh, it, it looks really, really interesting. It reminded me a little bit of the old Mist games, if if somebody remembers them. From oh the yeah, 20, yeah. I got these kind of vibes from it. Um, it's not like it's really an action game. It is. It has some jump scares, but also some riddle solving. It really looks interesting to me. It looked like the engineers from from Aliens, which I think we were all kind of getting that vibe, and even oh, yeah. the, when that phallic thing opened up i thought it was a an alien <laughs> out, uh popping out and it is gorgeous to say the least it's uncomfortable there's an uncanny valley of horror because uh, it's not quite so fantastical you don't think it could be real in some scenes and then others are like oh not a, not a chance and i like to see i what i saw in this presentation overall that scorn is, is emblematic of is they went out and found gorgeous jaw-dropping pc titles or PC games that are in development, like uh, Beyond Infinite. Is that what the one it's called? Bright Memory. Bright Memory. 
Yeah. 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 Went, found stuff that is turning heads visually on the PC side and, and brought them over to the, the console. This yep. game looks, looks terrifying. looks gross. It looks intense. <laughs> and I don't know what vibe they're going to go for by the end. Are we going to see a more action heavy? Is this survival horror? What are they going to do with this genre or this, uh, whatever i mean it's a game but like what are they going to do with this uh thing now that everybody knows about it so i i even if it was available on pcs there were a lot of people watching this presentation i mean mixer alone had like ninety thousand on the proper that's not counting people that were streaming it so a lot of people had eyes on a lot of these games and that's going to put a lot of pressure on them scorn looks good it looks scary it looks gross i'm I'm interested. I, I'm just stoked to play it for sure. Like like many of these, all of these, I'm I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's kind of my point about the development team. Uh, exactly what you said is it feels like a lot of these games were either slightly smaller teams, um, games that maybe have been flying under the radar under in development, and now the spotlight's on them. So now they need to deliver because Xbox has highlighted these games, right? Is is and some of these are console exclusive, like we said. So. They need to at least put forth a, a decent experience. So uh, yeah. yeah, Fastback says it looks like Hellraiser a little bit, which yeah, it had those types of vibes, which uh, I'm down for. So Dan, day one? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's on Game Pass, and I'll try it for like ten minutes. But well, it's um, I don't know if this had the Game Pass thing. It is console right. exclusive, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me to see it on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah maybe, but it, it's another one of those games that are gonna you know. Yeah, I'm I'm too I'm too big a buzz. So, it, they've been working on it since 2014, I think. So it's been in development for a long, long, That's long. I mean, probably time. a small team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, which is fine, you know. But now, like Luke said, you got to really kind of deliver, you know, and see what we can bring out here. I mean, people are going to like it. People are going to play it. It looks cool, you know, as far as you know, just the art style and everything. Yeah. Uh, weird. And uh, I don't understand what they're doing, but you know, hey, we didn't see any real gameplay for it, so it's kind of hard to tell. Hey, fortunately, you're the gameplay connoisseur, man. Right, and, and uh, I, I can't count the connoisseur anything because it's <laughs> a connoisseur. Um, and Luke, yeah, I see your note that it is confirmed as a Game Pass title, so very cool. Nice, very cool. All right, so next we've got the Ascent. This is one that uh, I was very, very interested in. I love isometric. ARPGs. They're just, as soon as they showed kind of co-op isometric ARPG and they showed them opening a chest and getting some loot, I was like, I'm in. I don't even care. The, I'm in. Um, so pretty cool. Again, this is, uh, like I said, action RPG in a cyberpunk world. This is supposedly also console exclusive to Xbox um, and uh, uh, up to four player co-op. So really cool. Uh, I'm super excited about this. I'm just into those games like Diablo or Path of Exile, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is probably more up your alley, I would presume, Dan. Oh yeah, this one. This one looks awesome. Um, I'm, you know, you know me. You know, we we love those ARPG games. Um, it looks basically Diablo and Cyberpunk mixed together. Um, the even the cutscenes looked really, really good. They did, yeah. You know, so the, it, it just everything about this one kind of you know is doing it for me. This is one of the probably three that probably hit really you know I mean the feels. I was like yes. <laughs> so I'm excited for this one for sure. Um, we'll see how it comes out. Is it? It's console exclusive. Hopefully it'll be you know day one launch because uh, I'm ready to play this one for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I don't think we got really kind of, there's a couple that we talked about launching in the Series X, either launch or launch window, but a bunch of these didn't really have hard release dates. Right. So interesting. <laughs> Chris said, I need to hold your hand while playing uh, Scorn, was it? Uh, yeah. 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 If you haven't seen it, Fastback, there is a fantastic video of Dan playing the Resident Evil 2 demo on our YouTube channel with me sitting next to him on the couch, and I, I just lost it multiple times laughing because he was so scared. It's pretty funny. The demo. Uh, a demo, yeah. yeah a, a scent, guys. Luke, what do you think? I'm in. ARPGs are, are fun. They're exciting. I thought the art style looked great. It was nice to see gameplay uh, in there. <laughs> That's true. We did get true gameplay, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sure did. And and truth, um, real talk, it was it, it, it's a cool looking game. And it's funny we're knocking off the ones the ones that I was excited about earlier uh, in our discussion. So I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it looks cool, and and I dig it. I think it's available on Xbox One as well. I will look that up on my notes. I didn't on my notes here. I just have that uh that it's. Yeah, I don't actually. Yeah, I, I think IGN confirmed it's a cross-gen title, but okay. Yeah. So cross-gen, but only Xbox. Okay. Yeah, but but smart delivery. So you, you can play it on your one uh, if you're if you're not getting a Series X at launch, and I like that. I, I'm I'm all in on that that cross-gen stuff for the first few months of, of a system launch. I think is a good thing to have some titles there, and it was nice to see that they showed games for the Xbox One audience. Uh, and the Series X audience, so it's more buying into the ecosystem versus the console, whereas some of these are hardware-gated for next-gen. Yeah, no doubt. What do you think, Archimedes? And there goes my camera again. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know we used to do it every time you turn to me, your camera goes off. The funny thing, like I said, this is the exact same setup I've used every week, and this week, it's just, you know how this, for anyone who creates content, you know how this goes, man. This stuff happens. picture of yourself smiling, <laughs> Every time that happens, I'm just going to yeah. put up the game we're talking about like this, so you can't even tell. There you go. Done. Yeah, well. Argomedes, <laughs> what do you think? It's, well, outside of Assassin's Creed, um, I think this was my highlight from the show. Um, oh, sweet. The game it looks absolutely fantastic. It's right up my alley. I'm, I'm a huge fan of these Diablo-style uh, games, action RPGs. Um, it looked fantastic. The setting is great. Um, it was... was they should have opened with that game. Um, it looked stunning, especially if they, if you watch the trailer later in 4K, 4K60. Yeah, uh, it's one of the three games I think I saw ray tracing in. Uh, I think it has some ray traced reflections in there. Um, I'm I'm really happy that it's a co op game. Um, can't wait to play it. Yeah, definitely day one for me. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm the same way. Same way. So yeah, that's that. Uh, I agree with you guys. That's one that um, definitely was a highlight of the show for me. So, all right, what else we got here? So Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two. So this is not a new game by any means. You know, we've known about this one being developed by Paradox Interactive. It is multi-plat, um, open-world vampire game. I thought the trailer was kind of funny. I actually, until I realized it was vampires, for some reason it had that Christmassy Dead uh, Dead Rising vibe. Um, Dead Rising? What the hell is Dead Rising? What am I talking about? What's the zombie game? Yeah, it's Dead Rising. Is it Dead Rising? Okay. Dead yeah. Rising is a zombie game, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, I'm just, anyway. Um, I don't know what to think of this one because, again, we didn't really get gameplay. Um, and I haven't done a ton of research on this game. 
But uh, if it's, uh, you know, we saw Vampire a uh, year before last, um, which was a, an underrated game, in my opinion. Um, so if it's anything like open world and you can kind of uh, just go around and set up different storylines and stuff, uh, this could be really interesting. Um, and I found the trailer funny, but again, I don't know why they chose to show it the way they did. Yeah, you so can't say that about all of them, right? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, okay, not all because the ascent we just said they showed yeah, gameplay yeah. looked great, you know. This one they did too, but it was kind of interweaved into the rest of the, you know, whatever it is, the CGI trailer. So they showed a little bit, but not a whole lot. This one for me is, regardless of what what it comes out on, it, this one I've been looking forward to this game just as a game. I don't care if it's on the 360. I want to play this game. Um, I like the whole vampire, the masquerade. Uh, everything about it um now it did it look next gen no but at the same time this this is the bigger issue with this whole presentation i think was it was more like a nintendo direct where it was just like hey here's a bunch of games yeah you know opposed to this is what the x can do so if you take it at that value then you know we got a pretty good show um and this is one of those games again that i i'm, I'm ready to jump into hopefully again this comes out soon um i'm i'm ready for it cool carl looks like uh he, he's super excited about cyber what's up man thanks for stopping by archimedes what do you think about this i need to see more um it i'm not the biggest fan of the art style or the way how they presented it um I don't know what the gameplay actually will be. Is it? I, I don't know the first game. I, I have no idea what it is. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I I need to see more of that game. Uh, it didn't excite me per se. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Luke. I I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> once I figured we, out we what it was, we went downhill as we went through all four of us there. Yeah. Once I learned what it was, I was like, yeah, I don't care. When at first I was like, whoa, is this a new take on a Joker game? Is this something? Here? Is this Compulsion Games? Because I wasn't trying to. I was trying to figure yeah, out. It actually did look Compulsionist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then once it was like Vampire the Mask, I was like, that's cool. Good for them. <laughs> Someone and, and, will play it. Yeah, and good for them. I mean, that. I mean, you know, uh, uh, flippant to to. The game is that's not my game. Nah. Yeah, fair enough. No big deal. All right. Dan, finally, we get to something you're interested in. We're going to talk right. Yakuza. So. <laughs> Except I'm not, right? So <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Yakuza, like a dragon. Uh, you play as Ichiban Kasuga. Kasuga. Yeah, we're going to go with it. Made by Sega. We did get a little announcement from, uh, I think it was one of the producers at Sega coming here. This is obviously multi-plat, but um, coming to Xbox at launch of the game, which is new for Yakuza. So that's exciting. Uh, camera, nice work, nice work. The best the best <laughs> part about this camera issue, guys, is I'm, I'm not even having to unplug and replug it. I'm just having to restart it as oh, part man. of the browser, which is bizarre, oh, but... Anyway, so Dan, I know you you know more about this, way more about it than I do. So talk to me about Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah, this is the, I played all the Yakuza games on PlayStation. It, I love the series. I love the entire story um, all the way through with uh, Kazuma Kiru. It, it's just, or Kiru Kazuma. It, it's not, so, so you're going into a whole new, you know, person, basically. It's with this Ichiban Kasuga. And they've they've turned it into like a turn-based RPG. I'm not super excited about that. Um, most of my time in Yakuza, actually, all of it was just you know 
it was beating the crap out of people. And while you could still kind of do that, it, it's it's I don't know why they went this route. I guess it was just to, you know, because I guess some of the developers thought, yeah, we're gonna try this. And they said if it's you know, if it doesn't get received well, um they'll go back to like their original style. Um, I wish they you know, just kept going with what they had. Um, these games have never been like a visual stunner. They usually run at 1080p, 30 frames on the PlayStation, PlayStation Pro, it doesn't really matter. They're not really optimized, they never have been. Um, so if you're looking again for a, hey, this is what the series is, this isn't it. But it, it also, you know, I love the, the, the stories. That's one of the biggest things. A lot of mini games are always really fun in those. Um, but so is this well, a new this is a brand new storyline yes yeah, it, it, it takes place in the same uh city i think um it, same world as the, the other yakuza games it just you know it's it's now with each of i mean there there could be like you know callbacks to the old game with different characters i guess you know and or they could have you know something pop up excuse me here and there it's kind of like judgment was but judgment okay. basically the same you know uh gameplay style i guess it wasn't really a, it wasn't a turn-based rpg it's a basically a beat em up yeah um so and that's that's really kind of why i liked it so this one is going to be one of those games where it's like you know i, I want to see more of it and maybe i'll try it out and give it a shot um but it's, it also takes kind of a certain person like if you're, if you're not into like that japanese kind of you know <laughs> it, it just is what it is um it doesn't, you know, it, the RPG thing is what worries me for sure. 100%. Okay. That's, that's, that's not really what I look forward to. I got plenty of RPGs. Yeah. I wanted to beat them up, but so, you know, cool. That's coming to Xbox. So that's for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see on day, day, uh, day and date there. So Alden yeah. and Bert joined the chat. What's up guys. Bert says it's, yeah, it's a reboot of the series with a new main character. So maybe a parallel timeline or something like that, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. Kind of interesting. Luke, Archimedes, you guys into these uh, Yakuza games? You get into them? Not at all. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. They are not for me. Um, I know. I know a lot of people like him, um, and I'm happy for them that uh, they can now play it on the Xbox. That's that's cool. Um, the games are just not for me. I played some of them. I don't even remember which one it was on the PlayStation many years ago okay. and i gave it a, another shot when yakuza zero launched in game pass a few months ago uh it's just not for me yeah so i'm in the, i'm in the exact same camp uh you know i like dan for instance loves these games i know bert plays a lot of them too and they're just not i'm not the japanese that type of game it's just not for me which is fine there's nothing wrong with that no I, like Archimedes, I dove in when it was on Game Pass, and it's on Game Pass. Uh, Zero is in Kiwami, I believe, and I am not thrilled with it, only because of the like little stuff. I think some of the the Japanese humor and the save systems kind of throw me off a little bit. But I think seeing this game, uh, seeing Like a Dragon in this presentation, this far out with a producer uh, in there, speaks very highly of Microsoft's efforts to continue. Uh, filling out the, the gaps in their own portfolio and filling out some of the missing elements to the Asian market that they were having. Yeah. Uh, they, they've they added Final Fantasies in. They've added Kingdom Hearts in. They're bringing the Yakuza games into the fold. And they had a producer for Yakuza there on their presentation saying the words Xbox Series X and excited to be there. 
This, along, along with their methods for xCloud, along with their uh, attacks into the markets via Game Pass, they are working very hard to fulfill gaps so that you don't uh, enter the Xbox ecosystem and find yourself missing on something. That, to me, was what was so encouraging about seeing Yakuza in this presentation this far out, because I think it will. It serves to say that they're they're working to to make sure that, that each audience is fulfilled, and that was the exciting part of seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is it's really the the main takeaway for me as well that you see this ongoing effort from Microsoft to have these Japanese games on the platform, and even if I'm not into all of the Japanese games, uh, I like some of them, not all. Um, it's it's still great to have this this missing part in the Xbox ecosystem seeing coming to this platform. So yeah, yep, absolutely agree. Um... I agree with everything you said, Luke. So it is really good to see. Happy for people like Dan that, you know, love these games and, uh, you know, just want to see them on any platform. That way you can play them wherever you want to play them. And especially, you know, when you think about, as you mentioned, Luke, you got xCloud. Um, if people are eventually, hopefully, we'll get to a place with, like, cross-play, even across platforms where you could, you know, start this game on one platform. And then if you play it on xCloud, you're just continuing your same game. I mean, that's really where the future lies. So, Dan, you can say something? Yeah, I mean, like what Bert said, I mean, really, I mean, if we just go based off this show right now, there's like one person that plays these games. Why, why, why is he over there wasting his time if nobody's going to play this stuff? And that's not just saying, you know, I mean, you, everybody can play what they want, but I don't know if the audience in the West is really there to justify the work that maybe he's doing on these games. I, I'm, But, you know, it's hard to tell because... You know, you, you, we don't get those those numbers like, you know, like Fantasy Star 2 online, like how many people are playing that on Xbox? I have no idea. You know, how many people actually played Yakuza on Game Pass, you know, when yeah. it released? You know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see those numbers to see if it's worth investing all this stuff into. I mean, I know options are good, but you also got to know where to, you know, focus your attention on. Um, it's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, and that's that, um, that's always. It, I mean, it's not saying anything bad. It's just I'm just curious more as to if it's worth it in the long run. If really you've got such a smaller, you know, such a much smaller player base playing these games, you know, you're 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 already putting out all this other stuff. You know, it's just it's a matter of time too. People don't have the time to you know invest in every single game for sure. Well, maybe now, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, we couldn't hear your dog. No worries, man. Um, if he needs to make a cameo, that's cool. You can bring him on the show. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you would think, I don't know. One of the things, It's a, I think it's a very good question, how many people are playing this. Right. But, you know, that's not for us to worry about. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, who, who cares? Yeah. If, if Phil wants to spend $10 million to get one of these games on the Xbox platform, let him spend $10 million. Um, I know it sounds weird, but I mean, they obviously know a lot more about what this is doing for their ecosystem than we we do from our our chairs back here. Um, yeah, it, 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 it so, reminds and, me a little bit of the discussion about backwards compatibility. PlayStation or Sony brought that discussion up that not that many people actually play the older games, and still, it's great to know that they are there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. And in fact, one of the things that stood out to me, and I don't know if it was the interview with uh, Ryan McCaffrey or one other thing that Phil spoke about recently that I was listening to, so some podcast, um, but he m very clearly said a statement of 
at some times, and I think backwards compatibility was one of those things, Archimedes, where he said, you know, you make investments into certain things, even knowing they're going to be a loss financially, um, because it's better for the players and it's better for the platform. Um, and so what you can't measure, you can say, we spent 10 million to bring this game and, you know, 5 million people played it and we lost money on that. What you can't account for in like an ROI statement, right? That is the image and what it does for Xbox as a platform. You don't know if someone in Japan, wherever, right? In some country now is going to buy an Xbox because they said, okay, well now, you know, I love Yakuza and it's pretty cool that it's on Xbox. I mean, it, that's just a bad example, but you know what I mean? You, you don't right. know the downstream effects of what just having a broader ecosystem does for the platform. Yeah, yeah, well, they I mean, could tell us. That would be. <laughs> but why? Why would they tell? Why would they well, come out why, and give us their financial backing of why they're putting games? Else, this, no, why, they why don't. Well, no, they, they 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 do. You you never. They're not very transparent. Xbox is period about what they no, do. No, but they, that's until that, recently when we saw the game pass stuff. But that's a like, that's a different conversation. Right, but I'm just saying that money maybe can be invested somewhere better. If 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 it's not going to produce for you but then again you know like you said it's microsoft they've got billions of dollars <laughs> well there's they two things they have billions of dollars but also how would we know that it, it sounds That's ridiculous for us to sit here in our living room and tell xbox what they should be investing I will in. tell them whatever i want to tell them i think the bigger them. point though is checking off a box and removing mm -hmm. their opponent's ability to cite it as something they've got uh, that the other that their opponents be true. It's the that, ecosystem play. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Now, Microsoft now say, "Well, you don't have X games exclusive. How many games did the, did PlayStation have three year, four years ago that Xbox uh, now has? I mean, I'm thinking of Nier. I'm thinking of Yakuza, Kingdom Hearts, a lot of the Final Fantasies. They've made themselves. Uh, they're now they're on multiple titles, and they've removed that as an argument point." going into next gen so it's an investment in the discussion i think and i think that's the point archimedes was making earlier as well yeah oh we went down the rabbit hole there Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one okay Talk about chorus because that game looks dope yeah okay so let's move the chorus good call good call so this was and in fact if chorus is a space flight combat shooter uh, definitely looks good. If you haven't watched the actual 4K trailer for this game on the Xbox YouTube channel, go do so because it looks a lot better than the, when the live stream happened. But this was confirmed. It is a multi-plat being developed by Deep Silver, but this is one of the games that was confirmed uh, that Archimedes spoke to earlier that was using ray tracing, will be kind of 4K ray tracing, all that on Series X. Um, and the funny thing is, for me at least, you don't see these types of games often anymore uh, in terms of like space flight you know, combat shooters. So, Luke, you sound pretty pumped about this one. Um, let's hear it. Oh, man, I am pumped about it for a number of reasons. First and foremost, I miss those space shooter games, the Colony Wars of old PlayStation lore, Starlancer on Dreamcast, some of the, the Rogue Squadron games when they're on GameCube, that, that yeah. big open bit. I love that stuff. There's actually one called Rebel Galaxy Outlaw that hasn't quite made its way to consoles yet, but I'm stoked for that. Uh, these games are really cool, and they offer... Uh, a lot of neat storytelling in a genre we don't see much of in the console space any longer. The game certainly looked beautiful. The other part that I was in, I was encouraged by, and I mean this wholeheartedly, is it was pretty far out. They said at least 2021 on there, uh, if not longer. And to me, that suggests that this game is going to be taking more advantage of hardware, perhaps, than and 
uh, some of the stuff that's going to be coming out in the shorter term. So I, I liked that we found out stuff in short term, but Chorus is one of those uh, further out third party games. And it's beautiful. It's intriguing. It's weird. It looks like it could be the the space version, space combat version of Destiny in some ways. Like you know, there's a lot of ways that you can interpret what they were showing us. I'm I'm all in on that game, and it's a long ways away at this point. I'm still all. In. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's good to good to hear some excitement because we kind of blown off the last few titles. Go to Archimedes. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, it it looked absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, like you said, uh, like Luke said, um, we haven't had many of those space shooter games, um, and if they are done right, they are real fun. Uh, also, on a technical level, I found this game really interesting. There was a great interview on, I think it was Eurogamer or something, with the uh, creative director, and there he went into depth what the actual enhancements for the Series X are in this game. Cool. And this is something I wanted to hear. And um, they, they, he talked about how the CPU overhead now gives them the ability to have a lot more physics in there, physics simulation, yeah, with all the debris in the space is, is simulated better. They have a lot bet more um, or a different AI in there. Uh, on the Series X, they can do on on that, this kind of level a lot of things. Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted to hear during the show. Why didn't they put <laughs> that into the trailer? <laughs> and it would have done so much more for me um, than what they have shown. But the game itself looks great. Yeah. Yeah, this one, this one looks good, man. Looks like Everspace, but maybe with some kind of narrative. I don't know. It, Definitely you know, looks to have some sort of narrative. They focused on yeah. her as a character for sure. Yeah, so that's awesome. I mean, like you guys said, we haven't had a decent space flight combat shooter. I mean, Everspace was okay, and but it just wasn't the same as like you know you go back to like the Wing Commanders and the mm. X Wing versus Tie Fighters and all that stuff. You know, it, this one looks really, really, really good. Um, I'm excited for it. Want to play it? Bring it on. There it is. Bring it on. Wing Commander, man, yep. I missed that series. Wing Commander Three for my Three Do. Wing Commander and Privateer. Those two were so fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, hopefully it's got uh it's got that type of element to it. You know, it's kind of not full on RPG, but you know, questing, kind of going out and having those space battles, that'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about second extinction. This is uh if you remember, like I don't know, several weeks ago we got a little 10 second tease of a new FPS coming when Avalanche Studios Group announced their kind of reorg because they're now three studios. So I don't know, um, people might have not put those two and two together, but this is the title they were teasing. It's apparently a three-player co-op uh, first-person shooter fighting mutated dinosaurs. Um, oh, yes. And it's, uh, this yeah. is apparently, from what I could find online, console exclusive as well to uh, Xbox. So that's what it said online. Um, but the gameplay for this, you know, we did see actual gameplay. It looked hectic and frantic. And uh, who doesn't want to, you know, get headshots on Raptors? So I thought this looked pretty fun. It could be one of those games that's just, you know, crazy fun to play with friends and co-op. Hell yeah, man. This one looks awesome. I mean, it looks I mean, it looks kind of ridiculous. But that's yeah. Avalanche Studios too, Ridiculously right? Ridiculously awesome. Yeah, it's Rage 2 and Just Cause. And, you know, I, I'm sure they're probably using their whatever that engine is that they're the Apex. Apex and, engine, yeah. And, yeah, this is going to be awesome. It's if, if it's Even if that's all it is, is three-player co-op 
FPS fighting dinosaurs that you have <laughs> typed right there. I mean, I'm not sure why anybody would be like, yeah, hard pass. Just, who cares? This is going to be super fun. And that's that's what this game is. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, technically I can give a crap less. I want some fun games. This looks awesome. Um, and then I'm going to give you another bring it on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and we've we've seen recently a influx of what I would call double A co-op games. Um, World War Z was a, a popular one, right? Forty dollar mm-hmm. title came out, did really really well, and was a lot of fun. Uh, you see things like uh, Army of the Dead. You know, there, there's a lot of games where there's just these co-op kind of shooting games that are just a lot of fun to play. So, yep. if you're telling me my buddies and I can log in together and wreck <laughs> some dinosaurs and stop Jurassic World 15 from popping out, I'm in. <laughs> I am in. If we this can work together will... as a community to prevent another bad sequel, let's That's do right. this. Hey, hey, I, I will, I will save the world ten times over if it means dinosaurs are out there. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on that one. That one looks so cool. Oh, definitely, definitely. I did miss the part that it is co-op, but hearing that makes me happy. Fantastic. I haven't shot a dinosaur in a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's about World time. Ender, man. Yeah. yeah, it's like a co-op uh, Turok, man. I'm a big Turok fan. So. Oh, yeah, Turok. Turok, Dino Crisis, we have been all asking for a remaster there. and sure. so Just in general, we need more dinosaurs. Everyone loves yeah. dinosaurs. Put them in more That's games. Good. Just put them everywhere. All right. What's up, Vogel? What's up, uh, Sweet Pea? Thanks for joining. All right. So Bright Memory, this is the one that kicked off the show. Um, Definitely had a, I would say, one of the higher end looks in terms of what we saw from this trailer. It was very impressive. I was actually live streaming the show with Chris Grinnell, uh, the former dev at Guerrilla Games. And, you know, he was commenting on some of the things like the particle, particle effects and whatnot. He also doesn't believe for a second that this is made by one person. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was I think it was a cool way to open the show. It was a cool trailer. I think uh, there's potential here. Um, they've been talking about this game for a little while now. And going back to Luke's prior point is this is, you know, kind of looking at these games that were previously being developed by small teams for PC and kind of bringing them over and giving them a spotlight on the Xbox stage, which is pretty cool. So pretty excited about this one. Who wants to kick us off on thoughts? Go ahead, dudes. Oh, I I thought it looked fantastic. I can't believe that this was uh, or is supposed to be built by one person. This guy must be a genius. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it apparently it is already on PC available. Um, like a is, uh, alpha, I think, or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And uh, it also won some uh, award on the Unreal. Uh, engine, uh, best usage of that engine. It looked fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Gave me some bullet storm vibes and some elements of Sekiro in there with that grappling hook and so. It it looks fantastic, yeah. I I thought it was a crisis game when I first saw it. So it did look I, like man. It. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and it looks gorgeous. It looks cool. Like, one of the best things about video games is that they are just cool. I mean, he had a grappling <laughs> hook. It looked like there was a bow and arrow in there at one point. I mean, he had a sword. There were guns. That's Cars. Crazy. You know, then he gets in the car chasing scene. and Yeah. Like, none of that should have made sense. That was straight out of Ready Player <laughs> One. And it was dope. And so, like, to see that start off was a really cool high note for the presentation that, that admittedly uh, puttered out a- along the way. But, but very cool. 
And yeah. uh, absolutely, I'm getting this game. And it, it really, it's neat because I'm interested in a lot of what they showed. And it started off on a great note with this. And uh, to, to Archimedes' point, yeah, you can get Bright Memory on Steam right now for like 10 bucks, And then you get the upgrade to Infinite for free when it comes out. Awesome. And I don't know exactly how that's operating, but good on them for, for bringing in another title that is going to be a showcase game. At the very least, it looks good. And that means it's going to be in sizzle reels. That means people are going to be talking about it, looking at it. And that brings people in. It's true. Yeah. All true. Yeah, no, I really liked what I saw. It looks fantastic. It also reminded me of like a high-end, what's that game we played in, Shadow Warrior? Shadow. Oh, yeah. That was it yeah. Shadow Warrior, too. Yeah, it almost looked like a next-gen version of that, which that game's hilarious, too. Yes, I agree. Yeah. That's a fun game. Underrated game. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, it's, it's ridiculous is what it is, but it's, it's funny. It's sitting in my backlog like forever. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, give you a, it'll give you a laugh, yeah, if nothing you else. Laugh. You will laugh your ass off. Um, <laughs> This game looks awesome. I'm glad they started out this way. I, yeah, I, I it, they say one guy. I imagine there's probably some contracted work somewhere in there. I mean, but if it is just one dude, man. Yeah, you know, it's like one no guy way. owns the studio, but it's like right. 50 people. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing that I would be concerned about if this is, in fact, that small of a studio is like how big it's going to be. Like if it's going to be like a four or five hour little, you know, action hour. You know, and it, you could yeah. squeeze a ton of stuff in there. But, you know, or is it going to be a big, long, you know, twenty-hour, you know, crazy, whatever the hell it is? It looks and how awesome. deep? How deep are the uh, systems and mechanics? <clears throat> right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you know, visuals are always good, but this, this, and it looked awesome, and all the stuff you could do looked awesome. But um, I'm, I want to see more of it. I want to see, you know, if there is a, a good storyline, if there's, you know, just everything, man. It, it looks awesome. It's got a, it's, it's, it's a good one to start the thing out with because it probably looked like one of the best games, you know, when I first started and like with Lucid, I thought it was crisis too. Yeah. The first thing that popped through my mind, I was like, Oh man, this is the crisis remaster or whatever. But cause I never played the original crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to fix that once the yeah, remaster comes I've, I've out. Got, I'm like halfway through three. So <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> it's a weird place to start. But yeah, um, it's, it looks awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. So, Real Sergeant Tom, what's up, man? Thanks for joining. All right, a couple more guys, and then we'll get to uh, kind of the other big news. And uh, this one will be quick for me because I have literally, quite literally, zero interest. Is Second Nexus. This oh, is uh, an anime-looking action title, Bandai Namco, very Bandai Namco-ish. Uh, multi-plat, but again, just highlighted on the stage here. Um, any one of you guys uh, big into this, these yeah. type of Bandai Namco just, action titles? Just me, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I played Astral Chain. It was awesome. This one kind of reminds me of that. But also, this looks like a 360 game, possibly. Um, it really wasn't like super, you know, the graphics didn't look all that awesome. But I, I love these kind of games, though. So um, we'll see how it, you know, comes out. And um, but I'm excited to play it. I thought it was like an expansion for Code Vein at first. It really looked like Code Vein. Um, uh, but then it, you know, they just showed it's more of an action title. It looked almost kind of a uh, platinum, platinumish, you know, like an action title from Platinum, but in anime form. Yeah. The fact that Dan's interested though is once again highlighting that they are working on bringing people <laughs> that are interested in maybe they're called maybe more obscure games, but but that Japanese market, what have you. They're bringing people in. People that wanted Astral Chain 
are now able to see something for themselves here on this platform. And that, again, that's all strategic. Uh, and I don't know that it's the, the right plan or a master plan. And I know, Dan, you were alluding to it before. You didn't really, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it's it's a good thing in my mind that you are on Xbox and you are able to have oh, for sure in that realm, you know? Yeah, me and the four other guys are super excited. <laughs> hey, and, and who knows, you might bump yourselves up to five by the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, Exciting times for Xbox games. Yep. No, it's cool, man. Um, yeah, they definitely need to. So it's, 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 we don't have anything like this, you know, which is cool. But, you know, to my point before, I don't know what it's going to do. You know, is that going to make that big of a difference? This is, this is almost something you would see on the Switch, kind of like Astral Chain and you know, people will be going nuts over it. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going down that rabbit hole. I'm Googling it. And I, it's hard to find info on it. It's, it's yeah. not SEOing very well. I think it's, it's pretty early in some of these games. Yeah. Um, cool. Archimedes, you all over second Nexus. You're going to play co-op with Dan and the two other guys. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I'm not, a, I'm not into enemy and I don't like the art style. It's just not for me. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. It's, it's strange. And it's weird, right? Because anime just keeps growing the audience yeah, for anime. Star, I think it's yeah, there, there, there's a huge fan base for, for it. And, um, it, it's cool for those guys. Um, I'm, I'm not saying the game isn't good. It's just for me. I tell you, I see you, Luke. It's Scarlet Nexus. I was like, why can't I Google this and find it? It's Scarlet Nexus. I typed, uh, sorry, guys, in my uh, notes for the show, I typed second Nexus. I have no idea why. <laughs> I was drinking a lot last night, so <laughs> apologies. All right, couple. I also noticed, and we might as well jump to it, I noticed I didn't even put Call of the Sea on this list, um, but I see the image yeah. here. So Call of the Sea... Again, they didn't show much. A lot of people, when they first showed it, looked like Sea of Thieves because it had kind of that look to it. Um, I don't know what this is really going to uh, to be from a gameplay perspective, but uh, just another game that you know we hadn't seen prior that obviously could be interesting. Yeah, um, I actually I thought it, it looked kind of in the interesting. Um, it is. Of course, obviously, uh, COC comes to mind, but I think this might be a single-player experience. And um, having a, a, a pirate-like, um, stylized game like that as a single-player game, I'm I'm interested. That's true. Yeah, if it has a good narrative, absolutely. Damn it, you guys. I guess are killing me over here today. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> no, it looks fine. I'm just saying, man, I am the lone wolf over here. So you, so you thought this looked poor is where you're no, going? No, I think it looked like Rhyme or, you know, one of those indie games that, you know, those kind of with that super deep narrative that, you know, people play because they're like, oh, man, it touched me. So, you know, yeah, shut up. I don't even care about that. <laughs> so don't make me put an oxen free image up on the screen. I'll do don't it. Don't even start with me in that game. <laughs> we don't have, have, have time. So <laughs> it looks good. I mean, I mean I'm going to play it, you know, for sure, you know, because – I, I just play these games, you know, and I want to see what it's like. Um, but yeah, again, not really blowing me away or anything. Yeah. Luke, you all over? Neat. <laughs> it's one of those games like if it's in Game Pass, I'll probably play it. Cool. But I'm not. I'm not excited for it. I'm not against it. Cool. When it comes out, if it's available, sure, I'll play it. And if not, all right, move on. Yeah, and it, it's another one we need to see more of. I need to understand right. more of what they're doing. And then maybe, on Game Pass? Yeah, maybe I'll get excited. Yeah. 
And then lastly, uh, is Dirt 5. You know, not, nothing kind of crazy here. It is cool to see Codemasters on this, and it looks a little, uh, someone called it like uh, Horizon-ish. Um, <laughs> is that it looked a little more kind of like more different vehicles, a little more environments. Um, and, and Dirt is a big racing franchise. There's a lot of people who play Dirt, you know, religiously. So cool to see. It's a multi-plat, um, but, you know, it's cool to highlight that the game's coming and, uh, you know, we'll be out rather soon. So I'm not a big Dirt fan myself. I, I don't play a lot of racing games nowadays, but, uh, you know, other than Horizon and, and Motorsport. But um, any of you guys big into these titles? Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, of course, um, I like the ra- I like races, uh, and especially these arcade races. I'm not too big into those heavy simul simulations like the Forza games or yeah, GT Sport or Forza Motorsport. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know there are even others out there, Assetto mm-hmm. Corsetta, for instance, or so. It's yeah. even more Project heavy cars. simulation. Those are not for me, but these fun races, these arcade races, Forza Horizon, Dirt, of course, those uh, are definitely my type of game. And I am excited to hear it runs at 120 frames per second. That is Um, cool, yes. Yeah, um, on a console, that is absolutely cool. And especially with these fast-paced driving games, um, the high frame rates really bring something to it because... um, if you if you think about it, um, the time it takes to refresh one uh, one frame, you already have dro- driven uh, one meter or two meters further. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> it's really the case. And so one frame makes a difference there. Uh, and having a performance mode like that in there, count me in. I'm gonna need new TVs. If that's right. Well, my panel uh, luckily can do 120 hertz. No, so. Yeah, it said it can, but mine can't. I've got to update my 2.0 or 2.1, right? 2.1, yeah, yeah 2.1, which yeah. my super high end receiver doesn't do yet either. So that's just another problem I've created. That's, for that's my problem. The, my yeah. receiver can't handle it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. So that was Inside X. Man, we talked longer than I thought about those games, but good conversation regardless. So there was uh, definitely some other cool news this week we want to talk about before we get to like what we've been playing personally. So a couple updates on other shows, right? CD Projekt Red uh, came out this week and announced that they're going to have a cyberpunk dedicated show on June 11th, which is uh, awesome. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think we're all pumped about cyberpunk. Uh, funny enough, EA came out and said that their replacement for EA Play this year is also going to obviously be a digital event, and that's also on June 11th. So kind of interesting timing. We're going to get all of EA's next stuff, you know, sports titles, yay, and um, Cyberpunk on the same day. And then Xbox this week also confirmed that their first party showcase, so, you know, what we've all been waiting to see, Halo Infinite, Forza Motorsport, um, Everwild, all the stuff that those studios have been working on for Series X will be in July. That would be the showcase. So... Good to see that we're starting to see the ramp up of these uh, summer shows that we're, you know, we're all anticipating and don't get to go to in person. Yeah, EA, we got to pay to watch that one, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my guess is. Yeah, like, yeah. You got to attach your PayPal account. <laughs> yeah, it's it's three dollars every two minutes. <laughs> the, the EA bit annoyed the mess out of me this oh, past yeah. week For because Madden. their Madden inclusion in Inside Xbox felt phoned in and it felt uh pandering i suppose is the right way to put it and then to see their 
not antics. It's it's a, it's an exaggerated thing for me to say antics, but the silliness in the way they're approaching smart delivery yep. with Madden seems awkward. Like if you can get smart delivery, but only if you buy X thing within X window, and it's like why complicate it? It's I don't think you're losing that much true money when it comes to to that game. Just allow it to be upgradable. And I'm wondering how much EA Access influenced it. Did Origin mess with it as far on the PC side? Like. What is their reasoning for their limited smart delivery? Isn't it hurting their player base overall? And and I'm I'm Hash, frustrated it's hashtag because EA. Yeah, but but <laughs> for as villainous as they are, they've also they fixed Battlefront Two, which is great. I mean, yeah, Battlefront Two as it is now in its final form is wonderful. Yeah, uh, All in Order is now going to be a franchise, which is great, and that game yeah. was good. He has done some good things, and then it's it's always one step forward, three back, and it's like, all right, what's going on? So that they just irked me, and so with the EA play, I'm I'm happy to to look at it. I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. But is it? Are we going to get respawn caliber EA, or are we going to get the the mess that we've gotten in the cavalcade of other stuff? So you know, we'll we'll see. It just it they are such a frustrating company. Yeah. No. One hundred percent agree. When I, when I made my summary video for the Inside Xbox show, I I complimented EA. I said I I found it. I I think it is fantastic that they participate in the smart delivery feature. Yeah, if Ubisoft does it, EA does it. I don't think anyone any other publisher will dare not to support it. Yeah, and then literally. One hour after I uploaded my video, <laughs> I read that news um, with uh, how EA is is handling the smart delivery uh, thing. So, yeah, on the other hand, they put out my personal game of the year 2019 with Jedi Fallen Order. I mm -hmm. This game was fantastic and so not EA. Yeah, no microtransactions <laughs> and uh, things like that. So, yeah, let, let's find out what they are up to. But the cyberpunk event is something that made me happy to hear. Absolutely. Our yeah. time that we see some gameplay for that game. It's been too long. Yeah, uh, going back to the, the, the annoying thing about the whole messaging with Madden um, is that they're confusing smart delivery. Smart delivery was supposed to be the clear message on the Xbox side that when you buy a game, you buy it for Xbox and it doesn't matter if you're on Series X or Xbox One or X1 X, what have you, you always get the best version. So just EA saying smart delivery and then caveating it is, is already leading down the path of confusion um, because you can, you can already see someone's going to get the game for like, uh, you know, over the holidays or maybe come into the new year, buy it on sale for their Xbox One and pick up a Series X and be like, wait, I have to pay to upgrade this now? It just it doesn't make any sense. It's a loose point. So um, real quick, Dan, before you mention, welcome, guys. I see uh, Pixel Witcher, a couple other guys have uh, joined. Thanks for joining. Uh, someone asked in the chat around uh, what is Xbox doing in June? So they have announced that they're going to be part of the big IGN event. So remember, IGN is holding a huge publisher event in June, and Xbox is going to be part of that. So I would presume that they're saving whatever they have to show in June for that event. We'll see what that is. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. there, and there will also be one from GameSpot. They will also have some event. Okay, so, I didn't see that. Yeah. And of course, there's this Jeff Keighley thing going on, which yeah, his is kind of weird because it's like yeah. more like an umbrella that encompasses all the other events. Yeah, but he just why... kind of like tagged along and said, "All right, put all these events under Summer Game Fest." 
but, 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 but I still don't get what's my benefit uh, to have that thing. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it, it, yeah. Summer Game Fest isn't an event. It's like a series of events run by other companies. And I'm like, it, okay. It's a conscious, coordinated effort to to make sure that they the companies don't overlap one another. And so he volunteered. I don't know if he volunteered, but whatever his play is, it seems to me that he's acting as uh, an orchestrator to make sure that when Ubisoft's ready to talk about their next Valhalla or Watch Dogs Legions, they're not bumping into EA's next game and they're able to coordinate mm -hmm. themselves and occupy the new space in that window. So I think he just, because he does have the connections and there's no doubt that wh however you feel about any person, Keeley's got connections and is able to talk to all the people sure. with one device and to, to set up what he even himself calls a Google calendar of events. And if Ubisoft says, all right, we want to talk about Legion on this day, he can say, wait, hold on. That's when they're talking about Apex Legends season four. Don't do that. Do this. You know, he can offer that that insight there. And it gives gamers a more drawn out something to look forward to on a regular basis, because if it was all in one week, particularly during isolation, it would be a whole lot of buildup. And then the day after Christmas, and you're like, all right, well, now what? This gives you a consistent uh, news cycle to go through building up. So it, it could be worse, but Game Fest, I think, is more of a, it, it's a moniker for just a window where we can track what's going to be announced or what who's coming when. Yeah, and to your point, I, I don't really like the guy that much, but he's obviously sharp, and he's probably making a lot of money off of this. So good for him. right, but you, you know, you could do it with a shared Google Calendar app. <laughs> I mean, you could, like okay, Ubisoft, uh, yeah, Rockstar, uh, yeah, EA. Here's the app. Let me send you a link. <laughs> Don't schedule the stuff on the same day. Okay. Manage this amongst yourselves. <laughs> I mean, I understand Keely's got, you know, and it's good. Keely, you know, it's great that he's doing that stuff, you know, and he's, you know, because otherwise he would be not doing anything. Um, oh, what are you talking about, man? He, he's he'd be hanging out with Coach. Yeah, he's hitting up uh, Kojima on a daily yeah, basis. Right. But it's That's good to fine. be nice to the guy who runs the game awards. Yeah. That is yeah. true. That yeah. is true. To your I mean, point, he does have influence in that regard. Yes, he does. But I'm, I'm, you know, it's good. I mean, he's right. It's, it's like a giant kind of umbrella thing where it's, you know, it, it makes sense now that you think about it that way. Just so, you yeah, know, yeah, and it goes all the way through. I think August was it? Like yeah. May to August, I think he said. So pretty cool. Hopefully, we get some cool stuff. Yep. All right. Speaking of cool stuff, Last of Us Two story trailer this week. Yes. I don't want to hear a damn word about it. <laughs> Before we even start going. Yeah, and I'll be very clear that anyone in chat who says anything to do uh, that people don't want to hear about Last of Us 2 will not only be banned from ever visiting the show, they will be banned from life. Yeah. This is where so, off the chat. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Joel and the giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, <laughs> it's, it's like second extension. You just go around Joel and Ellie killing giraffes. <laughs> like, what happened here? <laughs> the direction has changed. Yeah. Um, so I did, uh, I did watch pieces of it. I very quickly made sure that the uh, comments and chat were all disabled as I checked this out. Uh, just wanted to mention that uh, if there's any doubt that this game is going to be incredible and very mature and have, uh, you know, the thing that I think many of us love about the original Last of Us is the narrative and just what it delivered from a storytelling perspective for video games. And uh, what I'm seeing out of Last of Us 2 looks to just do that again. And so super, super excited. Um, already planning to take time off. And um, it's only five weeks away. So I know, Dan, you're in the same boat as me in terms of just overall hype for this game. Oh, yeah. Archimedes, Luke, are you big Last of Us guys? 
Oh yeah. Already pre-ordered. <laughs> Can't wait to play it. Uh, I'm lucky I didn't get spoiled so far. Me, ne me neither so far. Cross fingers. Uh, yep. was somehow a, I made it through this really difficult time on Twitter. Um, I, I blocked a lot of people uh, because uh, this is, uh, I saw a lot of hate uh, against that developer who put the, the the spoilers out there but he is not the guy who forced them on me it was it, it's the idiots on twitter that That's really true. forced it onto you yeah um but i i was able to ditch it and i can't wait it's already pre-ordered um i bought it digitally because you you never know this time uh, during this time um yeah and the trailer looks fantastic i mean like you said, the, they just nail the storytelling, the character building. Yeah. It it you could also sell this game as a PS5 game. Uh, it is. Oh, they will. The graph. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, the the the, the, the pardon me, the graphics um, are just insane. Um, I can't wait to play it. I'm yep. going to take a day off work for that. Yep, me as well. I am. Uh... I'm so excited to play this. I will play it once and never play it again. Uh, much like <laughs> it's a depressing world, but it's so incredibly well done. I have been, uh, I have a PS4 Slim, but it's occupied by a TV that I don't get to game on. And so I've been desperately hoping PS4 Pros go on sale and they have yet to. Uh, yeah, so which I, is kind of strange. Yeah. It, it's strange. And, they, and then you look at their market sales and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't have the wallet to buy a PS4 Pro that's not on sale right now. And so I'm, Hoping it does, and uh, I don't know. I, I will not say what was in the trailer that they put out, but there was a wonderful trailer they put out that was acutely self-aware of what was going on, and it seemed to reference the real-world events of their their leak in a very, I thought, smart way, kind of a, in, in a non-humorous way that that you know Aaron Greenberg had the fridge of Xbox. Being self-aware is smart, and uh, that new trailer for for Last of Us Two was, was I thought. Uh, right on point and i'm even if it does someone does ruin it for you in the coming months i think you're in for a treat when you play that game i okay. knew the avengers were going to beat thanos i knew that <laughs> i loved the, the whole way there uh, so. yeah, that's a good point that's a good point yeah no i, I i'm all over this to your point Archimedes. funny enough i have the the big ellie edition pre-ordered you know like the top one um but I'm very ready to just buy a second copy digitally to play it on day one if there's any hint of a delay, because I will be there <laughs> as soon as it goes. So, which, Dan, we won't get on our soapbox about that again. Mm. Trust me, once this game is released, it is impossible to avoid spoilers if you are on Twitter. <laughs> so, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only that's take why you have to play it at, at release. Um. <laughs> very true. So another thing I got excited about this week, uh, this may just be me, I don't know, we'll find out, but uh, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, fantastic game, been a Mortal Kombat fan since the very first one, we've talked about it before, I I was a tournament player, and um, I just adore Mortal Kombat, and 11 was fantastic, did the review for the site, awesome story, just great crypt, uh, just so much to do in that game, and so well developed, NetherRealm Games, or Studios, is um, they're just, they've really got in sync with their uh, Injustice and MK titles. And so really surprising to see this week, but exciting is that we're gonna get an expansion, uh, not just characters, but actual story DLC coming on May 26th, so only a few weeks away. And it includes, uh, it's called Aftermath, includes three new characters. And if you don't follow Mortal Kombat, 
I can tell you that Fujin was one of the most requested characters to return to Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, you see it on Reddit, you see it on their forums all the time. So cool to see Fujin. Shiva is obviously a big character. And of course, the funny one to see is Robocop, um, which I don't think anyone saw coming, but interesting if nothing else. And then the same day uh, that that releases, they're also updating the game in general with new stages, fatalities, and friendships, which are utterly hilarious. If you didn't see some of the friendships that they demoed for this game um, that are coming, just take a look at that video because it is hilarious. Like uh, Scorpion does a fatality, he says, get over here, throws his spear, and he pulls over like a teddy bear and then just gives it a hug. Um, <clears throat> so again, good that they have a sense of humor with MK still, but uh, really cool to see an expansion for the story, which is what I'm interested in. I'll definitely be picking this up. So anyone else here big on MK or is it just me? Well, not me. <laughs> I, I like that. I also reviewed it. Um, I, I enjoyed the story mode. I think Netherrealm is firing on all cylinders. It makes me all the more excited because they say they're working on non-Mortal Kombat or non-fighting game stuff too. Yep. Uh, but they are showing a lot of love to this. And I really appreciate when fighting game holders uh, update their game on a regular basis. And I don't want to play Mortal Kombat 12 next year. I would love for them to just keep building and iterating on this uh I mean, the characters they've added in are cool. Putting Spawn in there, a lot of Mortal Kombat love. They have other uh, skin packs for, that allude to their DC work with Injustice. I'm stoked for Injustice 3, but the fact that they're, they're supporting Mortal Kombat 11 the way they are means it's making money for them, and it means they're, they're willing to allow it to have a lifespan that's longer, kind of like the digital updates to Street Fighter 4 that we saw where it was mm -hmm. uh, Super and then Ultra, and, but you could just use with your one copy. I'm... I'm appreciative of that mentality and i hope it continues in that way yeah fair point yep, that all we got? that's all we got at mk <laughs> yep Finn. uh real sergeant tom has, does have a good point though is that uh 40 for this update even with a story expansion and some new characters does seem steep um you would have thought this really at the most would have been maybe 29.99 um so We'll see. Uh, it really, to me, it depends how big of a story expansion we're talking about, right? If you're talking about two or three hours and it's just a couple couple things, eh, that's overpriced. But if it's like another 10 hours plus characters plus stages, et cetera, then, then you've got my interest. Mm. All right. So I, I, I was really excited about this. And it sounds funny, but the more people I talk to, the more people I realize really love these types of games is a golf game. We've got a new officially licensed PGA game coming. And for those who grew up kind of playing the EA PGA Tour games, you know, they, they hold a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Um, but we haven't had a very good one in a while. Obviously, there's, um, you know, uh, Hot Shots on the PlayStation side, which I adore. Um, but this is really cool to see that 2K got the license and they're making 2K or uh, PGA Tour 2K21. Uh, they gave us a teaser, looks really good. A full reveal coming May 14th, which is this week, Thursday. So I can't wait to see this. I hope it's a fully featured title. By that, I mean like full career mode, you know, all the pros and courses, uh, online multiplayer, et cetera, et cetera, everything you expect from a modern sports game. So, uh, Dan, I know you were excited about this, which actually surprised me. I didn't realize you had the uh, the golf game love like I do. Well, yeah, man. I used to golf when I was not fat <laughs> <laughs> and also in high school. Um, but uh, it, it's. I've always loved golf games if they're done well. I hate right. the thumbstick swing. Yes. Period. I can't have the meter. stand it. Gotta have the yeah, meter. just the meter. Just make it simple. I'm a simple, simple person. Just let me press A three times. That's it. I'm good. <laughs> so, as long as they have that in there, I'm totally down for this. This is day one for me. Um, 
2K makes awesome sports games generally. So it's, you know, even though they're, I, I don't know how they're going to implement their microtransactions in this. I was just going to say, yeah, as long as it's know, not it's, a microtransaction mess. Yeah. So you can have like a whole bunch of different looking clubs. As long as it's not like pay to win, I'm fine with it. You know, the orange ball is going to cost me $30. You know, <laughs> it's probably a pass. But, you know, if I can just get, you know, throw it on, play it, you know, play a couple rounds. Just hear those birds um, chirping and, yep. you know, the little claps when you do something good. Yeah, there's something about golf games, man. They're just oh, fun yeah. to relax with. For sure. We got, we got, we got crickets. What? Luke, are communities you guys into the PGA think, Tour games at all? Uh, I think the last golf game I played was Mario Golf, so <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to ask. Fair enough. Yeah, I didn't know you were throwing it to me, and uh, I got nothing to offer on that. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, no, no worries at all. Yeah, I was thinking that. I hope you know maybe they just do like a bunch of weird cosmetics for. Um, you know, for your custom golfer or whatever, which is fine. Do that with microtransactions. I don't really care. Yeah. <clears throat> All Hopefully right. It's so, not like courses. Where you have yeah, play. right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, forget that's, that's if it is that, I'm not buying the game. No, 100%. I won't either. Yeah. So uh, Lego Star Wars. Let's jump to this one real yes. quick. I'm Lego Star in. Wars. <laughs> back in. We got Luke back. All right. <laughs> Luke, go figure. The Skywalker saga. <laughs> right. Um coming and the release date has leaked October 20th which to me is an interesting date because I mean that is right in the center of holiday lineup fall lineup for the gaming industry but because it's Lego Star Wars because it's kind of a different title than you typically see like your Call of Duties and whatnot at that time frame I can see why they did that Um, I've talked about this game extensively there's a video on our channel after we met with the producer last year and kind of you know got the demo of it this is a very different Lego game than you've played in the past this is a full new engine it's all nine Star Wars movies into one saga, and it's open world, meaning you can fly to the different planets, you can do things out of order, there's no like kind of set thing that you have to do in order like a lot of these games. It's a, it's a very different experience, and it really interested me. Um, so if you haven't checked out all the details on this game, definitely do so, but super excited about this one. Um, I'd definitely be picking this up, which I don't normally do for the LEGO games. Luke, let's go. Yeah, man, I'm I'm all in on this day one. Uh, I'll buy the Mandalorian expansion pass, the Clone Wars expansion. But hey, w- what extra content you got for me? I'll buy <laughs> Jar Jar skins if I need to. I'm so in. Uh, I won. Fallen Order was an incredible Star Wars experience, and it's a, and Battlefront Two an incredible Star Wars experience. And the Lego games brought a different uh, vibe to Star Wars in the gaming space just by way of their appearance and, and their the, the nature of playing a Lego game. It's approachable both aesthetically and in gameplay mechanics. For them to develop a new engine and uh, take an already existing fun story-based game uh, like the Lego Star Wars games and do something fresh and new with it, I'm excited for. Not to mention, we don't know what we're going to be getting in the Star Wars game space. We don't know if the EA is going to drop another one this year, which there's a potential that there's another Star Wars game this year, uh, not on the same scale. We don't know if it'll be a long time. We don't know, for Star Wars fans, uh, when truly Mandalorian Season 2 or when the next digital uh, shorts or or Star Wars content is coming because of uh, the C-Virus and such. So I'm... All in to know that I have a Star Wars experience uh, showing up. I'm having a blast on Disney Plus with Clone Wars right now. And uh, <laughs> if they've got a hit with with this game, there's no telling what they could add to it later on. Uh, and let me continue to play in that space. So I'm, I'm super stoked for it. 
And it's it's for all of those reasons I listed, not just the fact that it's Lego or that it's Star Wars. It's 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 the culmination of everything. And plus, I mean, you got to imagine it's smart delivery and it's going to travel with you, and that, that's fun too. Great yeah. on all points. I I grew a little bit out of the uh, Lego games. I I used to play them all, uh, but then somehow every year the same, more or less in a different universe with Harry Potter, Batman, Star Wars, and so on. So I stopped. But this one really got my interest. Um, it's great that they try to do something new with the franchise and really do something they haven't done before with this open world approach um, and them investing in a new engine. I mean, right in front of the launch of the next um, next generation. This is great. I I can't wait to play that. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, I, I've got, I think, all of the Star Wars Lego games already. But Naturally. this is supposed to be something different. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, this is not like a collection. This is right. a new game. Yeah. Are they, is there voice acting and stuff like that? I, I haven't checked a whole lot of it out, uh, honestly. But I, Off the top of my head, I forget. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm always down for more Star Wars stuff. That's me. You know, I don't really give a crap what it is. So, <laughs> so if it's if it looks halfway decent, um, and it's not super childish, then I will definitely play. I love the Lego games too, though. So, um, I think the last one I played was the Marvel one, the second one. So, uh, super fun. Yeah. You know, they're always kind of fun. You know, the puzzles are you know generally pretty good, and you know, it's just fun to play. Especially yeah. with like the kids and stuff. That's always a nice co-op experience. Yep. And I think when people see this, they're going to be surprised. Like like I said, the kind of open worldish aspects of it um, and how it played is, is very uh, much more expansive than the prior LEGO games, which was cool to me. Um, I went in this one with just no expectations. And after seeing it and talking to the producer, I was like, okay, this is this looks to be something special. So pretty cool. All right. One more thing I want to touch on is some crazy financial numbers before we get to what we're currently playing. So... I'm going to run through these guys and then just comment on what you will, but they're all kind of mind-boggling. So Nintendo, we always talk about them in terms of uh, how the Switch has been selling, Animal Crossing, you know, they're just kind of crushing it. So they did their fiscal report. They're up to just under 56 million Switches sold now. They did 21 million last year alone in fiscal 2019. So, you know, if you think about hardware generations uh, being anywhere from five to seven years and you extrapolate that out, right, you're talking about anywhere from 100 to, you know, near 150 million switches being sold lifespan, uh, depending on how they continue this thing, which would easily put it up there as one of the uh, best selling consoles of all time. Um, and depending on if they continue with this for years and years and years and do different models like Nintendo tends to do, there's even potential long term that this could compete with the PS2, which is really interesting. Uh, they did 3.3 million already this year, and that's despite shortages pretty much everywhere in production. And the most ridiculous statistic is that Animal Crossing sold 11.77 million copies in 11 days. So, and it's sold nearly 14 million now since launch. Uh, so just crazy numbers out of Nintendo. One thing we found interesting, uh, Dan, who, you know, we always joke is 100% digital, is that 48.5% of their sales are digital. So they're nearing the 50-50 mark at this point on the Switch. I actually thought it was higher. I thought digital was the majority on the Switch, but 48.5%. And then uh, really quick on Activision's side, they had their fiscal reporting. Their total revenue was $1.8 billion for the quarter. Um, not surprising there. What was, or maybe not surprising, but was, was uh, eye-opening is that $956 million of that, more than 50% of their total revenue for the quarter, came from what they like to refer to as in-game net bookings. 
In other words, microtransactions. So so gross. Nearly one billion in a quarter from microtransactions for Activision. It's crazy. Considering I I can't remember if I ever spent in-game money. I, I I never thought I I think I never bought anything in a game. So far. really, you've never bought the, like DLCs, a chest or DLCs, yes, but no chests, nothing, never. Wow, you wow. so Dan Dan's spending enough for both of you, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> no worry, I got this, man. Jeez, <laughs> they actually mentioned Dan in this fiscal report. They're like, thanks to our whale, Dan Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't buy crap from Activision except for their actual <laughs> games. Now Ubisoft. And yeah, mostly Ubisoft. That's probably where most of mine has gone to. <laughs> Between Ghost Recon and Assassin's Creed, and yeah. But I think about problems. that for a second, right? This is Activision, right? So Ubisoft does the same. EA does the same. Yeah. Huge numbers. So imagine if you take all the major publishers. Obviously, there's stuff in Xbox games, PlayStation games too. If you take all these publishers, you're talking about several billion per quarter that is being spent on microtransactions. And if you go back just like 15 years. Uh, right around 15 years, when Oblivion came out on the 360 and we got the horse armor DLC <laughs> for like six bucks and everyone kind of laughed and rolled their eyes and thought, what the hell are they talking about selling something that's not real in a game? Who's ever going to buy this stuff? And now yeah. it is more than 50% of the biggest publisher in the world's revenue. It's gross. And, and you can't blame the publishers um, to put microtransactions in there if people are buying them. I mean, that's what it is. Can't blame them. I mean, you're talking about a that's four billion a year. No, sure. I don't care what company you are. You're not turning that away. Exactly. Exactly. May I add something to the Nintendo thing you said uh, yeah. about the digital sales? Um, I was surprised as well uh, about that because obviously it's it's so convenient to have digital purchases on the Nintendo Switch, but then it hit me. Um, you are always so spoiled in the U.S. with those those customer-friendly uh, policies from the companies. Uh, here in Europe, here in Europe, if you buy a game digital uh, on the Nintendo Switch, you download it once and that's it. You can't download it on a second uh, um, Switch. We have different rules over here, and so this is sometimes. Um, Something we have to consider when we see these numbers and are surprised. That, oh, why is digital high, low? There are different rules in different regions. Huh? Um, same goes for Microsoft and PlayStation. They also have some strange rules in uh, other countries outside the US and the UK. Huh? Hmm. Yeah, it's not something we typically think about over here. Uh, yeah. You know, as freaking Americans, we think we're the center of the universe. You know how that goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it is interesting that how that you're right. The policies are very yeah. different. Uh, yeah, I, I just give you one brief example. Um, I was uh, when the Final Fantasy remake demo came out. Yeah, I wasn't able to download it because I don't have PS Plus, uh, PS Plus subscription. Yeah, and uh -huh. uh, I was weird. I was really called out a uh, a liar on on Twitter for uh, <laughs> people because I said, why are they hiding that behind the, the subscription? Um, and apparently, it's not the case in the U.S. So there are different rules in different countries yeah, when you when it comes down to these these um, these, these uh, digital things. That uh, is really bizarre that you couldn't download a single player game despite not oh, having PS Plus for online multiplayer. 
That's my main reason why I don't have the PS Plus subscription because I use the PlayStation as my exclusive machine and all the exclusives right. are player games. Yeah, so no reason for me to get a PS Plus subscription. But yeah, right. it's, it's strange. Um, it's locked behind the paywall. Nintendo has those rules. Xbox also Xbox actually is quite bad in localization. Yeah, there are we have countries yeah. here in Europe where you can't pay via your credit card. You have, to get a, you have to go get like a card you, or something? You got a money yeah, order? You, get, you, you yeah, mail yeah. it to them? <laughs> no, you have, to buy, you have to buy these code cards and then you get, get your uh, credit up in, in, on your account and with that you can then buy a game digitally. And it's not that's, just one in Europe. That, that's Xbox circa 2011. That's <laughs> right. wild. <laughs> it's really strange. Um, so it's always... It, it, it's. The, those localization th topics, um, there are so many <laughs> with all of the uh, publishers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in particular with Xbox too. They're they're generally yeah. bad at global globalization and, and localization in that regard. So, um, yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, I see that Carl said in the chat that fifty two percent of PS four sales are digital. So it looks like on the PSN side, they're now majority, um, much to my chagrin. Uh, <laughs> So, any other comments on these crazy numbers, guys? It's just Disgusting. impressive. Yeah, disgusting. It's impressive. Yeah, I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> your 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 fingerprints are all over these numbers. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I didn't even think about like Red Dead Two. I don't even know what I spent on that. Yeah, it's, eh, Did you spend it I spent like five bucks, I think. I think I, I bought. Yeah, I bought that five dollar thing. Eh, maybe thirty total. Still though, how many hundreds of hours? I mean, yeah, right. I mean that, yeah. I mean, for what you're buying, like I couldn't sit there and justify like a a, a skin in a first person shooter that I can't even see. But people are buying them. That's what blows my mind. You buy them in Call of Duty, yeah. They, yeah, they right. were like, like, oh, hey, we've hey, got hey, new hey. operators. I'm like, you don't even see who you are. Right. It, it, it's very you get, weird. It's zero enjoyment out of that. Yeah. I mean, look, I can see my gloves. Cool. <laughs> when you hop out of the plane, that's about the right. only time you see it. Nah. All right, what are we currently playing, guys? What's uh, what's running around there? Oh, Give me something man. exciting. Man, I, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll start it off. I finished Deliver Us the Moon. Awesome. Okay, game. cool. Short game. Good game. Yeah. yeah, super fun. Not much to it, but it was a good story and good puzzles, and it's on Game Pass, so it was like another one of those games I would never have played. Um, so that was a good one. Because of Boom last week on the show, I decided to put Tomb Raider back on because he just mentioned it in passing. Oh, I yeah. played through the entire first Tomb Raider. I played through the entire Rise Tomb Raider this week, and I'm about halfway through on Shadow. So you know what I've been doing this week? Not much, except for lower crofting. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry about the um, clicking. I thought I was on mute. No, you're fine. And uh, And then I got John Wick Hex. On PlayStation, how is that? Is, is it good? It's super fun. It's it's like a it's, it's more strategy based, where you know it, it's not like anything mind blowing as far as graphically and stuff goes. No, but it's, it's like cool isometric, little, right? Yeah, it's super yeah. fun. Like you know, I, I've been through a couple of different levels where you know I can see myself doing it a little bit differently, or I have to go back. Um, and once you finish a level, it's cool because you can kind of like play and see how you've made your way through the whole thing. You know. And it plays like a John Wick movie, except way, way slower. So, <laughs> but it's, cool. it's pretty good, man. That's all I've been playing, I think. Can I self-plug for a minute? Of course. Uh, about two weeks ago, uh, I had Mike Bithell, who made John Wick Hex, 
uh, on my show, and we talked a, a bit about how they went about making that. And it was it was really cool. That game looks awesome. I wish it wasn't console exclusive. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I liked it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What have you guys been up to? Uh, I'll I will say that I've been playing uh, back through a bunch of the Halo games to prep for Infinite. I don't know if I talked about that last time I was on, but I've been we finished up uh, Halo Three, Halo Reach, and Halo Four. We're halfway through five, halfway through one, uh, and just having a good time playing through the various sweet. Halo games. What's that? No, I said sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's the reason I bring it up is not because Halo's unique or anything. It's because Master Chief Collection has really come a long way since it was initially launched in that, in that sure botched is. form. And uh, as it stands now, it is an absolute gem of a game. There's playlists that are that will give you every vehicle level from every game meshed into one. There's ve- there's playlists where you can play every level with the Flood across all five uh, or six games that are in there now. And there's, there's a lot there outside of the main campaigns. Firefight, which is the Horde-based stuff, is in there, and it's fantastic. The, the multiplayer is incredible it's an homage to the original and all that stuff is there i i I am so impressed and surprised very surprised that microsoft allowed uh their developers to put the time into fixing that game but it's wonderful now and i'm having a blast with it and uh i just wanted to give a, a healthy shout out to that if you've got game pass or you have the master chief collection it's worth going back to to at the very least see how far it's it's come along um, and I know the other game I played, uh, I would like Archimedes to talk about, uh, just to say I enjoyed it as well. Modern Warfare 2? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, go for it. Go <laughs> I just it. finished that <laughs> the other day. Uh, f- fantastic remake. Um, the graphics are really good, and this campaign still is a lot of fun. It is just very well paced. Um, the shooting mechanics feel good. It's The story is, is told very well. Um, it's It's just a great game. Uh, I'm really happy that they sell it as a standalone without the multiplayer version. Yeah, I'm. I, I would hope or love if they would do that with all of the Call of Duty games, because I love the campaigns, but I'm not so much into the multiplayer. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The other game I've been playing is Street of Rage uh, Four. Yes. Uh, I hit. I, I played it alone, not not in co-op, and now I'm. In stage, I think fourteen or fifteen, and I just can't do it alone. So I have to find a buddy. Who will I'll team up with you. I, I beat it this week with um, Cog from the Lords. I, we were playing together, and we beat it. So yeah, if, awesome. I, if we can sync up on time, yeah, just find exactly. me online, and uh, yeah, I'll help you beat it for sure. <laughs> That's good. that would be cool. Yeah, well, and, and then I just downloaded um, Deliver Us to the Moon. Uh, I'm going to start that right after the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and I downloaded Arise. Uh, it's also been sitting in my backlog for a while. I've heard nothing but good things, and I wanted to check that out. Rise? Arise. A-Rise. Oh, Arise. Okay. Yeah. I, why is that not ringing a bell for me? Uh, it's, yeah. an, it's a smaller indie title, um, but it has some cool mechanics. Um, it's a puzzler. Okay. Um, and it is has a gorgeous art style. Um when it came out, it, it, it launched somewhere in the summer last year. Okay. My timeline on Twitter was all over it. Um, <laughs> everyone was praising that game. Uh, and it's been in, I bought it and I never started it. <laughs> but it, now it's the time. <laughs> nice. Cool. Arella Native, what's up, man? Good to see you. Um, so I've been playing uh, I've been playing a lot of multiplayer stuff with friends when I can. Uh, still doing the World of Tanks. I play a lot of Smite. 
that battle pass for Smite finishes like next week. So me and a buddy have been playing the hell out of that, trying to finish it up. But uh, and Gears Tactics, still playing through that as well, which I really, really enjoy. Really fun game. Um, but the game I want to talk about most today is Hyperdot. And I've mentioned this game a few times. Um, talk to the, in fact, uh, I'll plug right now that uh, Charles McGregor, who developed Hyperdots, developed by one person primarily. Um, he's going to be on BitCast next week. We're going to do an interview with him and chat with him. Um, but it's a fantastic game. It's on Game Pass now. It's like a rhythmic kind of puzzler game. Very simple to play. You're basically just moving a dot around the screen. But um, it, it is awesome. It's got a really addictive soundtrack. Really fun to play. Um, I beat the 100 levels. Uh, there's a 100-level single-player campaign. I beat that on Friday. What day is it? Man, I'm losing track of days. I beat that on Thursday. And then uh, it unlocks five what they call impossible levels after you beat the 100. And I beat those yesterday. And now I've decided I'm going to go ahead and 1,000 it. So I've been going through all the other challenges in the game and, and beating those. So I've got two left to go. Hopefully going to beat those two here shortly after the show. And uh, you can find my review on that. Uh, it's essentially done. That'll be up by tomorrow as well. So... If you haven't checked that out, like I said, Game Pass, no reason not to try it. Even if, uh, Dan, you know, we joked that you got to, what you say, like in the level the 20s or something? Yes, I did. Okay, I'm pretty but, proud of that, actually. <laughs> but, I mean, even even just playing 20 levels, it's still fun, right? Oh, yeah, it's still a blast. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I could probably go a little bit farther. I just, I know there's going to be a point where the controller is going to fly across the room. Or I'm going <laughs> to punch something. Because, I mean, it's just games like that. And I, I love, you know... It makes your brain think and it makes oh, you yeah. really move, but my, my reflexes are such garbage anymore that I can't play. I can't even hit the damn toilet when I take a leak. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't. Luke's sympathizing. You know, nobody gets the struggle. And don't make me laugh or sneeze. <laughs> Let me focus here, guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I posted a clip yesterday, Dan. There was one of the challenge ones where it was like survive 30 seconds and it's just yeah, utter chaos. And I was, was just nuts. like, I was literally like in my chair leaning and my foot was up in the air. You know what I mean? Like trying to move around. It's just, but it, it's crazy. It definitely gets you thinking. It's, it's one of those games. Like if you really want to prepare, I tell people this all the time. The thing that prepares you for like competitive shooters or competitive games where you've got to like MOBAs where you've got to be quick and really aim and think about things shmups man shoot em ups um games like hyperdot um or space shooters those games that they work your hand-eye coordination like crazy and they really really help i used to play those all the time and i just love them so hyperdot's really got that you can i'm going to talk to charles about this next week but i guarantee you he's going to talk about some inspiration from shmups because a lot of what goes on on the screen as you're moving is very reminiscent of those old school space shooters so really fun game definitely check it out all right, guys, this has been a long show. We talked for a while. So I uh, really want to thank you guys, as always, Luke and Archimedes, for joining. Um, always great to have you both. And uh, like I've told you both before, I'm sure I'll be reaching out on a, a regular cadence to have you join us for the chat because I, uh, I really enjoy it. Thank you for having me, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to come on and uh, chat games, man, on the regular. So uh, keep that cadence up, man. I have a blast. <laughs> awesome, Luke. Thank Awesome. So let, let's uh, go ahead and plug your guys' stuff. So Luke, uh, Insipid Ghost, Xbox Expansion Pass Podcast. I know we talked about it just a few weeks ago, but go for it. Yeah, uh, you can find me on the Xbox Expansion Pass uh, every single week on all your podcast services. Uh, it's a show I host solo, which is a uh, unique spin and a different take for, for me 
Uh, and on occasion, I have guests come on the show from around the gaming industry, people like Mike Bithel, who made John Wick Hex, uh, industry game developers, recently had Gamers Outreach, which is a charity that brings awesome. uh, games to kids in hospitals. Uh, they, they were on the show recently. Just spotlighting, I think in uh, one of the upcoming episodes, I'll have Sissy Jones, who is the voice of Fury from Darksiders 3. She did voices in Halo. She's nice. a from Firewatch. Yeah, she'll be on one of the upcoming episodes. Um, and so it's a show that I hope everybody will be willing to check out. Uh, Xbox Expansion Pass. You can find me on Twitter at Insipid Ghost. There you go. Archimedes, man, all over Twitter as Archimedes. Uh, a newer YouTube channel. I've obviously plugged it many, many times, but go for it. Yeah, you can find my YouTube channel uh, at Boxenberger. Same on Twitter. Um, I'm always discussing the latest in gaming, share a lot of impressions and screenshots from the games I'm playing, so just hit me up and let's talk games. There you go. All right, a couple things, last-minute things, guys. So, uh, review of The Messenger, which is a uh, 2D kind of platforming game that uh, released on Game Pass for PC, is up on the site. And in doing so, we welcome uh, what you guys, or who you guys may know as Cloud, uh, his name is Ryan. He's now a contributor at Season Gaming as well. So awesome to have another guy aboard the site writing articles, reviews. He's going to be doing uh, a lot of that stuff. Um, really good guy. If you don't already connect with him on Twitter, do so. He's just uh, plays everything, loves everything. Really nice guy. Uh, like I said, my HyperDot review will be up, if not today, uh, by tomorrow for sure. Check that out. And we're going to have uh, Tribe Games, uh, Charles McGregor on next week at the beginning of the show. So we'll probably do like... Um, a 30-minute interview with Charles at the start of the show, and then we'll go into the regular BitCast after that for about an hour. And Bert is going to uh, come back for that one and rejoin uh, Dan and I, which will be really fun because Bert's been playing uh, a lot of HyperDot as well. Carl, another one of our contributors who's been in the chat, still is right now, so you guys all know Carl. He is working on a retrospective on the Xbox 360, uh, which should be really cool because, uh, you know, just knowing gaming history, the Xbox 360 was a game changer. It did a lot of things for the industry, um, that people should be aware of and appreciate that we we take for granted today. So look for that in the near future. And then lastly, one more thing to plug is we've actually created a survey from Season Gaming. So you're going to see me kind of put this up on Twitter. Um, and it's really just about our content, our podcast, our YouTube channel, just kind of, uh, you know, reaching out and want to hear from you guys what you like, what you don't like, any feedback, you know, just what's working and what's not. So just look for that, and I uh, would really appreciate it if you take the two, three minutes, whatever it'll take, to uh, just give us some feedback. So thanks, as always, guys. Really fun. Love the conversation. That was BitCast 104, and we will see you next week.